The strategies and concepts discussed are for educational purposes only and do not represent specific investment tax or state planning advice. Investing carries an inherent element of risk, and it is in everyone's best interest to consult a legal, tax, or investment professional. John Cindia is an investment advisor representative of, and advisory services are offered through USA Financial Securities Corporation, member FINRA SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Life Stages Advisory is not affiliated with USA Financial Securities. Life Stages Advisory, Dean or Remington, or any guest we have are not affiliated with USA Financial Securities. Welcome to episode 58 of WTF, Wealth Tax and Finances. I'm your host, John Cindia, certified public accountant and personal financial specialist. I have in the studio with me today, uh, Dr. Tracy Price. Hi, Doc. Hi, how are you doing today, John? And what uh, we're going to mix this up a little bit because I've always thought that, you know, in order for you to have a good uh, fiscal balance on the financial side that we normally discuss, you also have to have, uh, you know, good health so you can actually spend the money, make the money. And then you also need to be uh, mentally astute, mentally aware of what's going on. So uh, today, what we're going to do, we're going to touch on the physical side. And uh, actually, it's going to consist of uh, antiviral. Uh, strategies that we can do since COVID is such a big thing right now. What we want to do is sort of tie that in to help how we can also help prevent, in addition to masks and whatever else the CDC is talking about, what else can we do from a health standpoint? And uh, we'll pull in uh, diets, uh, we'll pull in uh, antiviral strategies, uh, vitamin supplements, things like that. And uh, Dr. Price is going to discuss that, and I, I, what I want to do is have him give you a little bit of a background that, you know, he's a chiropractor, but what got him into actually doing this, and um, we'll talk about that, and then we'll get into the mental health aspects of it down the road, but today we're going to uh, primarily look at it from this antiviral strategy that's going to be able to help either on a preventative basis, and then if you do happen to get something, how you can uh, use this uh, system to a uh, uh, attack the virus and actually uh, reduce the effects uh, on you. So, good morning. Good morning, John. How you doing? Uh, great. Great to be here. I've known Doc now for about 12 years, and uh, uh, we started talking here probably, what, maybe two, three months ago about right. uh, yeah. some things to do here. And uh, I'd have him stand up, but you can't see him on the podcast, but you can catch him on YouTube. So you can see he's a buff guy and everything. And uh, so he actually does practices what he preaches i think i don't but then uh, i try my best <laughs> yes, <yeah. right. laughs> so uh give me a little bit of background here you've been a chiropractor and what got you into it we discussed it a little bit the other day and you had mentioned that uh when you were trying to uh assist some people that they're uh, from, it came from an inflammation standpoint that you noticed something and then it sort of took you into this direction right yeah so yeah i've been a chiropractor for close to 35 years now and uh, over the course of time, I've seen how patients have, uh, you know, getting more and more inflamed um, as I treat them. They're not doing as well, responding as well. It became kind of frustrating for me. Um, and then all this COVID stuff came up. And as chiropractors, we always look at the body holistically. Okay. You know, we don't prescribe drugs or um, you do the medication avenue. We always try to look at it holistically, what we can do, what the approach can be from the body healing within itself. Um, so as I looked into this, I wanted to get re- more uh, a better and better results with my patients. I, I noticed this common thread was the, the diet and the exercising and 
the things that patients weren't doing that try to motivate them to um, take care of themselves rather than rely on the physician to heal the body. Okay. Um, you got to heal the body themselves. It has to be really commitment personally. Um, you can't try it. It has to be a commitment mm -hmm. to get healthy and uh, take care of yourself. Yeah, and that's usually a problem for me, like during tax season. I've got a steady diet of black coffee, M&Ms, and Twizzlers, and you were talking that that's probably not the best thing. I asked the doc about, uh, does that mean that if I ate uh, my M&Ms but had spinach, was that good? And your comment was? Uh, you would probably eat less M&Ms if you ate some spinach with it because <laughs> yeah. you might get full quicker. <laughs> <laughs> but it's at least it's a little bit better to have the spinach than it is just plain M&Ms. So, right, balances you out a little yeah. bit. So, um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, from a diet standpoint, and then we'll get into this antiviral stuff Yeah. Here. So first, really, it has to begin with the uh, patient or the individual. The diet is the most important thing because you can't really supplement a bad diet away. You really can't exercise a bad diet away. Mm -hmm. And um, so you have to get a good, uh, what some now call a paleo, paleo Mediterranean diet. And really what that consists of is just... Um, getting the refined sugars out of your diet, okay. getting the bad flours out of your diet, and getting the bad oils out of your diet. So it's don't eat the white breads and certain, when you're talking about the oils, what type of oils are you talking about? Yeah, sure. So the bad oils are kind of the seed oils, and that's kind of hard to understand for a lot of people because they label these oils as kind of a, a, a good oil, like they call it a, a, like a vegetable oil, which okay. you know, sounds really good. I'm going to put some vegetables and oil form in my body and that's gonna be really good for me but those are highly refined and processed and high high omega-6 oils in there okay and when that happens when you're ingesting those type of oils it really um makes a um a credible amount of endotoxins in your body and endotoxins get released in your body and get you inflamed and so if you can decrease those endotoxins from being released in your body then uh you're going to decrease your inflammation in your body. Okay. Yeah, because I notice that whenever I do overindulge with some M&Ms or Hershey almonds or something stupid like that, uh, I do get a bloat. So I, well, I think that's from the sugars and stuff that you're talking about. Oh, yeah. About. Well, what's really amazing about this is that they've done studies on this and that you can be the healthiest individuals. And you get if you get about uh, 750 to 1,000 calories of bad oils or eat like three or four donuts, chomp on those, mm -hmm. you know, in a sitting. Um, within an hour, you'll be able to detect endotoxins within your bloodstream. So even if you're a healthy individual, these things can be released in your bloodstream within a matter of an hour. Is that right? Yeah. Now, how long does it take to get that back out of your system then? Well, it depends uh, how good your diet is. You go and chomp on a couple more donuts an hour <laughs> later. <laughs> it's kind of just and, – and some people, um, you know, if you're – morbidly obese or overweight you are in a constant state of this inflammatory condition okay always you know okay. you never you never decrease it but if you're a healthier individual you have a good diet you, you know chomping those things and then you kind of clean it up for the next day or so then you're going kind to of come down but the inflamed people and the overweight people are always in a constant state of endotoxic release and what would that look like with a, a normal person i mean is it uh Say you go through a drive-through and you're going to uh, McDonald's and you're getting a breakfast sandwich and some coffee, and somebody's going back through the drive-through maybe at, at lunch or they go out for a uh, a quick lunch, you know, grab a sandwich or something, or 
any of the different, you know, restaurants, uh, you know, what is it, uh, you know, any of the Mexican or Italian restaurants, and you do that, or you finally get home and, you know, you have a can of soup or you have um, maybe a order of pizza out or whatever and have a glass of wine. What, you know, I'm sure that doesn't paint a pretty picture, but yet that's probably not an unusual day for a lot of people. Right. And that's why we have a lot of the health problems we have in the United States today is because of that. And even as much um, pharmaceuticals or vitamins or whatever you want to take, you're never going to get that gone because a lot of these health conditions, autoimmune problems, um, obviously a high cholesterol, diabetes, um, mental illness are all can be kind of traced back to this um, bad microbiome endotoxin release type of thing. Hmm. Now, what uh, of those things that I said from a breakfast standpoint or what, they're probably none of them were good for you, right? Right. Do you ever see that? Um, oh, it was a, a movie, um, Super Size Me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where the guy went, uh, well, it was a 30 days and <laughs> yeah. went to McDonald's. He had, he had to do three meals a day at McDonald's yeah. and by the end of 30 days, how sick he was. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's, that's what happens that's when you happening. do that. <laughs> so you, you just sort of build up your body's tolerance to it then is what it amounts right. to. Yeah, right, yeah, I think so. I think people that, uh, you know, in that constant state uh you know eventually they become healthy and it's interesting because you know when you're doing that it's um hard sometimes to equate or um that that is causing um um ischemia is causing fibromyalgia is causing um depression it's causing you know because it's related to things you're taking into your mouth and not you know, something you take into your brain or mm -hmm. something you um, put on your skin or something like that. So it does do a physiological damage to your body then continuing on a steady diet of some type of food like this. Right. Then. There's a direct connection, but people don't understand that direct connection. It's hard to connect the dots when, right. with that, you know. How, how do you see people actually getting out of that cycle? What's a good, what would you say is a good suggestion to do? Because I, I know it's hard for me to get to the point of saying, I don't want to exercise and I don't want to walk and I don't want to do this, but you, you got to force yourself to do right. this stuff. Yeah, that's just it. You know, it's a commitment you got to make to yourself uh, to do, and you just got to start with day one, mm -hmm. you know, and take it day by day. How, how would you do somebody that uh, saying, okay, tomorrow I'm going to start this or Monday, what, what would be a good starting point? To make it simple for somebody to try and get out of this constant yeah. revolving yeah. door. Uh, first thing I would do is uh, start with a walking program. You okay. know, that's the easiest thing to do. You need a good pair of tennis shoes. You don't need money. You okay. know, you don't need equipment um, other than the money to buy the good pair of shoes to mm -hmm. walk in. And start walking it however much you can walk. You know, if it's 15 minutes the first day and then 20 minutes and just kind of keep it up. And then the other important thing I believe to do that's going to kind of get your cardiovascular benefits, but you have to do something to increase your muscle tonicity. So resistive weight training is great for muscle tonicity. And you just, you know, you can train each body part once a week and, and, um, you spend 30, 45 minutes in the gym or doing mm -hmm. that. And that's, that's, um, going to increase your burning capacity, your metabolic rate and things mm -hmm. like that. So if you kind of alter the days <coughs> with that, that's, that's, you know, a great way to get started. Yeah, last year um, it was after tax season. I I had uh, took 15 days, and I just said I'm not going to have any sugars. Well, like you say, you got sugars in whatever you're eating during the day, but 
mine was just didn't have any candy bars or whatever. And I lost like 10 pounds in 15 days. I felt better and everything else. And uh, then I went on vacation and screwed it all up again. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, but, yeah. And yeah. the other thing I might add to that, too, that a lot of people don't uh, really is the um, processed food. If you cut out that and processed food is pretty much anything in a box or a wrapper. Right. Okay. So if you cut out that, that's going to immediately cut out probably 60 percent of your bad oils are better. So what about, you know, I, I would go in and get stocked up on eight or 10 of these uh, energy bars and stuff. Well, they're in a wrapper, so from what you just told me, <laughs> right. that's probably not good. Right. And I, you know, I'd get them and take them and said, "Oh, it's a supplement for breakfast or whatever." Instead of doing some of these milkshakes they're talking about, and I do a, a breakfast bar, so that's not a good, uh, not a, not a good thing typically. Yeah. You know, there's some be bit uh, like a protein bar or something like that, mm -hmm. the replacement bar, but you have to be very careful on those because usually they don't ha do have bad oils or sugars in them. Protein in itself, if you just have protein by itself, it's kind of a very chalky yeah. thing, you know, dry and chalky. So it's it's hard to make those taste good. Okay. And so <laughs> usually there's some sucrose or something in there or some sugar in there to make them tasty. Well, give me uh, a for instance of like, what's a typical day that you do like in the morning or something? I mean, are there, are there shakes or there anything like that? Are you eating like a chicken breast or something um, or what? Yeah. So um, it depends on the morning, but typically um, I'll start with a morning with uh, a drink. A drink is um, I put some fiber in there. I put some uh, um, protein in there, and then I'll put some greens in there. Okay. Uh, greens are good because they're they're polyphenols and they kill free radicals in your body. And then uh, usually I take uh, some uh, liquid fish oil. Okay. And some uh, vitamins, the vitamin regimen that we'll talk about here. And then um, usually go to the gym um, and do a, a 30, 45 minute routine, and uh, then go to work. Mid-morning, I'll have a protein bar that I found that's uh, from Standard Process. It has no sugars, no okay. uh, bad oils or anything in it. And that's kind of the mid-snack to kind of crave my uh, – stop my cravings of hunger. Okay. Uh, lunch, usually a salad, some chicken breast on it, and uh, some olive oil and okay. uh, raspberry vinaigrette type of thing. And um, then mid-afternoon, I might have another protein bar to crave uh, hunger. And then a lot of times at night, I'll have a chicken breast, broccoli, some type of uh, green vegetable with it, or soup. Uh, soup, bone broth soup is one of the best things. Bone broth. Yeah, get the real bone broth, cook it, put some cabbage in there, some Brussels sprouts, some carrots. And you can put, if you want a little protein in there, you know, um, shred up a little chicken breast and put it in there. But bone broth is going to heal your gut. One of the greatest things that of, of all. Now, is that bone broth would be a beef bone? Beef bones, yeah. Beef bone or chicken bone, you know, okay. it, it, preferably the organic. Yeah. And the, so mama's chicken soup was, that was real good stuff. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. You know, and if you look at some of, uh, you know, in up until about 1900, we never had heart disease in the United mm -hmm. States. And that's because a lot of our oils um, came from beef tallow and good oils. Okay. You know, butter. <clears throat> which, yeah. You know, people uh, yeah, <laughs> freak out and you say, you're going to some butter. Uh, <laughs> but it's better than margarine, which has a trans fat in it. Yeah. So trans fats, you can take those out of that thing and set them on a, a countertop and it's going to look like plastic the next day you know <laughs> well so. my my great-grandmother used to make biscuits and they were these huge biscuits and she'd actually use lard 
Yeah. You know? And that's right. probably still better than margarine, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and stuff. And, and that's what uh, they used up until, and then about 1920s, 1930s or so, we started getting into these these other oils, these, you know, these process oils. And, and why, you know, why do you think that happened? Because it was being mass produced and it was easier I, or it was just, you know, uh, more profit in it. Yeah, I, I probably, I yeah. know I never have really seen that if it's easier to uh, process it. But, you know, a lot of these um, places where these oils are refined almost looks like a refiner, a oil refinery, mm -hmm. you know, it, you know, look at that picture and look at a cow. Which one would you rather <laughs> eat from? <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you'd mentioned some uh, statistics the other day that back in the 70s, and, and I think this is part of the other thing, too, is uh, we went to Italy a year ago, my wife and I and another couple, and, uh, you know, a lot of people in our family have celiac or they're sensitive to gluten. Right. And I started getting to the point where whenever I would have it, and I, I love bread and, you know, everything else, um, that we would just, I would blow up. I would just have a, I just feel terrible. We went over there, I ate everything. And I gained one pound, you know, when we were over there. And I ate and I drank and I did all kinds of stupid stuff that you wouldn't normally do. Sounds walked, like you had a fun vacation. I, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. We walked a lot. We did all kinds of stuff. But man, I didn't miss a meal over there. And only I put one pound on and I'm sitting there and I felt great. Well, uh, found out we came back and then started using some flour that we got that was imported from Italy. And while it's still wheat, um, we found out that it didn't have all these um, antibiotics and uh, what the- uh, Oh, the glyphosate. So tell me about this, uh, uh, what it uh, consists of and how best to start it and and a little bit of details into uh yeah so um obviously the the virus thing has kind of you know come about because of the covid and uh, so i started looking into it what what's the best way to prevent you know if you do get sick how can you how can you try to keep from getting sick but you can't always you know we have viruses in our environment all the time <clears throat> um so but if you do how can you prevent it so when you want the good diet you want to stay healthy to start with you want a sufficient amount of protein because you don't want to, um, I'm not saying over, overdo it on the protein, but um, probably about, you know, half of uh, gram per lean body weight, gram, depending on your, if you're doing resistive exercises. So you want that. And then you want, you want to have a good multi, professional multivitamin, multi-mineral regimen. So you want to avoid the, the glucose, the blood flour, and the omega-6 oils. Okay. Right? Okay. So... Uh, that's the start. Okay. okay. So, and then um, you want to look at the nutritional supply. Uh, what products are antiviral, uh, will uh, be anti-replication, so mm -hmm. they don't will allow the viral, uh, the virus to replicate. You want um, food that would boost your immune system on a cellular function mm -hmm. and um, give the cell support. Okay. So one of the big players in that, is uh, vitamin A. So uh, vitamin, a, vitamin A is an antiviral and provides good uh, immunonutrition and gives your cell support. Um, uh, causes of, if you lack vitamin A, is usually you notice that in your eyesight, especially in light, mm, okay. uh, light blindness. Um, it, there's also a lot of studies that show that if you do have the measles uh, or if you get the measles, if you lack vitamin A, um, that's when, um, Measles can be death threatening. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So you want to make sure you have enough vitamin A. 
Okay. And kind of, and you can get that. You know, typically you can get that in a multivitamin supplement. Okay. What so, what type of food would have that if you didn't uh, carrots, have carrots? Carrots is the most okay. common thing. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Because uh, I know we're doing uh, vitamin D. I think D3 is what I take. Yeah, so D3, talk about D3. That's an antiviral, anti-replication, uh, immunonutrition, and supports the cell. D Vitamin D is like the granddaddy, the, oh, okay. the, the major thing. And I would encourage, especially listeners that live in northern climates, um, to get their vitamin D checked by their doctor. Okay. And uh, because... <clears throat> 80% of the population is deficient in vitamin D. And even if you're at, and in, in not only get checked, but know what your levels are, because it should be between 30 and 100 um, in your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. And if you, even if you're at the lower end, um, you're, you're, you could have problems. You want to get that to the upper end, 70, 80, 90. Um, what, what's the lack of vitamin D do to you? Um, it can do a lot of things. That's okay. why it's such a granddaddy of things. Vitamin D is a vitamin, but really almost acts as a hormone. Oh, okay. So it can make you tired. Um, it communicates with your thyroid, um, bone function, okay. reduces bone. And the best way to typically to take, if you're not on blood thinners, is uh, take vitamin D with K2 because the K2 will help uh, influx the calcium back into the bone. Okay. And there's been several studies that show that K2 actually will get the calcium out of the arterial walls and then get into the bone too so k2 is okay. a, a huge thing to take with the vitamin d uh, that they found so um and you should take about probably between four and ten thousand ius of vitamin d a day okay because you're always going to be using it and especially in northern climates if you're now out in the sun right then you should you know you're going to have to probably beef that up a little bit in the, mm-hmm. in the winter time because and and even if you do when you do go out in the sun you probably shouldn't put any uh, sunblock on for about the first 15, 20 minutes just to get that vitamin D. Because what we do, what do we do now to, mm-hmm. we, you know, block ourselves off yeah. uh, when we go out in the sun so we don't 250,000 any... right. SPF or whatever. Right. <laughs> so you're right. like... And then, you know, you kind of, I kind of wonder about that. You put the sunblock on, you start sweating. You ever see the chemicals in the, you know, the, the crap, the sunblocks? I mean, is that penetrating into your skin? And yeah. Lymphs and things like that. So, um you know, 15, 20 minutes out in the sun without any block on would be good. Get okay. that vitamin D. That's mainly where you're going to get it from, green leafy be- vegetables. or um, So you don't things. need a lot of exposure to the sun to actually keep your levels up then, is it? Right, right. But how much do we get? I mean, we're from Up here in the clouds. Home, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, we get the clouds and everything. Three, it's like, geez. 300 days a year is yeah. cloudy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What does a vampire need in order to get their vitamin <laughs> D? I don't know, from that standpoint. What uh, other the, one other the good thing about vitamin D too? It's good for the gut, which oh, is amazing. Okay. So this the vitamin D is just it's just amazing the things that it does. I mean, that's uh, one nutrient that uh, you really have to look at. It's the vitamin D. Hmm. So we'll have to definitely do that. So that's one of the good things: vitamin D three and M and M's spinach. It's like right. so I'm, I'm not too bad. Okay, right. right. <laughs> now what you would also mention like zinc or something else? Yeah, zinc. So. Um, zinc is real important. It's a, a mineral, obviously. And, uh, so, um, there's been a lot of studies done, not a lot, but in a lot of these studies have been done in Europe. Okay. You know? So it's kind of hard to get the information from, you know, United States doing that, but they showed that, um, people that do get COVID, if they take most of them, a lot of them that really get really sick, their vitamin D levels are low. And if they get vitamin D and zinc, uh, within the first five days, 
their chances of surviving are much greater. Okay. And then if they're really sick and old, uh, they do vitamin D, zinc, and hydrochloroquine, then their chances of surviving are like in the 90 percentile. It's, okay. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. So the hydrochloroquine that uh, was um, poo-pooed, I guess, uh, this last year, um, and everything was actually really it was going to be beneficial right in some right. cases they gotta get those nutrients in too so so i'm not you know you, there's there's a point for pharmaceuticals but it mm-hmm. you have to um gauge the risk of the versus the benefits sure you know you just can't be gulping these things down and not have any benefits out of them sure now is there any um doing uh, this regimen of the vitamins and things like that is there any detriment or downside to someone who like uh we were talking before, if someone was healthy, you know, you may not even need the vaccine, you know, in a purest form, but it's probably smart to get it. But if you do have um, like these multiple, maybe they have diabetes or they have heart disease or something like that. Once that gets to that point, the more you have an illness, it's probably best to get the vaccine. But how does this regimen the uh, antiviral, either on the prevention or uh, trying to uh, uh, get that uh, once you do get it, uh, or someone that's sick and has uh, multiple, um, I guess, conditions or symptoms of different things, does that uh, interfere? Does it actually help them? Is there anything that they should guard against by not doing it? Um, So, yeah, the... um what they call the comorbidities okay. that you ha- that you have prior to getting a virus okay. are huge. Okay. Um, and they found that diabetes and heart disease big factors. And okay. what? Why do people have those? Because they're highly inflamed. Okay. Because they're previous because their diet. So they just so, had, they haven't taken care of themselves for years and it's catching up with yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what happens? Uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> being in that inflamed state, you have what they call these cytokines, which mm-hmm. are inflammatory enzymes in your blood. You have these floating around all the time, right? So this COVID comes along and just jacks up those cytokines, you okay. know, explodes them. And then that these particular one with the COVID usually goes to the lungs. Okay. So and that's why you get, you know, these huge problems. So yeah, um, there you know, if you if you don't have the healthy diet and the exercise and taking the, you know, supplements and, and knowing where you're at, um, and inflamed to start with, yeah, you got you got problems. So okay. you might be one to then want to do the vaccination. Mm-hmm. But if you're healthy and um, and this is going to be a totally different perspective yeah. to looking at this. But if you're healthy and you have no comorbidities, um, is it really going to hurt to get the virus? Mm-hmm. Uh, because one, you're going to get immunity mm-hmm. then. So, uh, and we have to understand this in immunity and vaccines, uh, how that all works. Um, when the body um, gets the virus naturally, it develops cellular response and humoral response. Mm-hmm. So cellular response uh, lasts for a lifetime. So when when um, measles is a perfect example of this, when a kid gets measles, they have a cellular and humoral response. And they, you know, they never have to be vaccinated against measles because gotcha. they got it naturally and, okay. and it lasts a lifetime. Okay. Right? But when you get vaccinated with measles, it lasts about eh, nine to 10 to 11 years, something like that. And you always have to get boosters, right? Because you never get that cellular response. Gotcha. And once you get the cellular response, the body uh, identifies that, 
it generates these T cells and all this other stuff that goes on your body. And uh, then it really, um, it gives you that immunity for life. Now with COVID, they don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Are you going to have immunity for life or how long are you going to have immunity? So you're not an anti-vaxxer because you said your parents had it and everything, but you're just talking about it from a standpoint that you know, I guess from a practical standpoint. So that does that get in then to this herd immunity? Is that what they were talking about then, that if everybody gets it, right? it's almost like getting the measles and, okay, well, they get the measles, mumps or whatever, and it's like, okay, once I got them, I'm done and I'm good. Right. So, yeah, so my parents are, uh, you know, in their 80s. My dad just turned 87. Uh, a lot of comorbidities, diabetes, heart problems, things like that. I took them to get the vaccine, yeah. you know? So, I mean, obviously you don't want your... Loved ones get sick and die. Right. Um, so, yeah, against that. Uh, but it's just a different way of thinking if you're if you're healthy, if you want to. Mm-hmm. You know. And with the herd immunity, how many, you know, we, we know some, a lot of document cases, I guess, test positive, but there's been so many, so much speculation of how many of those are false positive. Gotcha. You know, Um and how many people didn't get tested that were sick and things like that. But, yeah, you do have to get that herd immunity. What uh, what else do we have here as far as uh, some of that? Uh, selenium is a real important uh, nutrient as well. That's uh, that's antiviral, anti-replication. It helps with the immune nutrition and helps support the cell. So selenium is uh, sometimes hard to get because a lot of these nutrients, if you're not supplementing, are very hard to get because of how our food's grown nowadays. You know, okay. it's it's so mass produced and the soil's so depleted um, that uh, you you just can't get it. You're getting like I think it's like sixty percent of the value of the nutrients in the okay. food now that you got in like nineteen seventies because of how everything's farmed. Wow. Um, so you really have to supplement with some of these uh, products. Um, another one that isn't uh, a real some people know a lot about it. it's in as acetyl uh cysteine um that's an amino acid and that's kind of um an anti-replication autoimmune thing and uh cell helps support the cell it helps support um the cell within the cell you have uh mitochondria and the in um ac um helps the mitochondria rid um, the bad toxins okay. and the mitochondria um, supplies a lot of the energy process for the cell helps the cell function the ATP uh, which uh, is like the energy energy producer for the gotcha. cell okay the um... <clears throat> another good one too is melatonin but you want to take that uh, you know at night before you go to bed typically and that's actually pretty good for the gut as well melatonin really yeah okay now the last one here was licorice, but I don't think it was the licorice yeah, that I the, was thinking about. Not, like a, not the one you eat out of the red, bag. Red vines or nothing <laughs> like that. <laughs> so that's not helping. Yeah, you. that can come in like a, a licorice root, like a tea. And you just have to really kind of take that periodically. It's not something you need on a, a, a day-to-day basis. But okay. uh, if, if you're ever going to make a tea, a licorice tea is good to, a good antiviral tea okay. to make. Um, if, if you were to wrap this whole thing up and saying – you know, we talked about some exercise, we talked about diet, we talked about the antiviral strategies and everything. What would be one thing um, in order for someone to get started on this? Uh, would it take them a routine of a week or a couple of weeks if they stayed at it? 
how soon or how long would it take for them to cleanse their body and start feeling better? Well, I, I think they would start feeling better within a couple of weeks. Okay. You know? Yeah. Similar yeah. like me coming after 15 days of <laughs> no sugars. Or right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because it was, it was one of those things after the first couple of days, I noticed that, you know, I didn't have that hunger for them and everything. And then it's finally like, oh, no, you know, no big deal. Um, and I wouldn't salivate like I did the first couple of days, well, like yeah. walking by a candy stand or something. Right, right, John. <laughs> uh, you know, and that 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 um, is shows you how addictive sugar is, right? So, mm-hmm. and then when you cut it out, um, you really don't crave it as right. much after a couple of weeks. Right. And when you do eat it, the, you eat less of it, and you almost feel nauseating. It, it. Yeah, it did. It almost made me sick. Yeah. Uh, not that I went to wine more then, or anything. <laughs> I didn't transfer. Well, my I, you know, I'm craving, sure that but... wine was a lot better in Italy too, or in, in oh, Europe yeah. because you know, in the United States, another thing they spray those fields with you know crap, and then oh, they yeah. put the preservatives in the bottle, and uh, you can almost smell those preservatives when you put your nose up to the glass. And, oh yeah, uh, American wines. The wine, yeah. They said over there, they said don't worry about trying to get a a good bottle of wine or doing anything like that. They're table wines just what you get in a little carafe and everything oh my god those things were fabulous and it was like you get a carafe for like you know seven eight euros it's like you know ten eight ten bucks were you, you able know. to find your hotel after you went to dinner <laughs> uh yeah because we had the chaperone with us all time. <laughs> he said this way and that's what we would do right? <laughs> yeah usually you know we would end up by by uh purposefully through experience we would go to a restaurant at the top of the hill so that way whenever we got <laughs> walk down we, the hill we walked down and we rolled back to the room you know is what we usually did so that's how we made it but yeah we had uh, we had a good time but that's i think that's a whole nother story we can get off on another <laughs> tangent <laughs> take us about six weeks of craziness there but uh doc i i want to thank you the doctor's going to be in for a second part here and uh, what we're going to do is talk about microbiomes in the gut and the health and everything. So uh, stay tuned for uh, the next episode, which uh, we'll have uh, Dr. Price back. And uh, in the meantime, like us, love us. Um, what is that other thing that they have to do? Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on YouTube. Yes, that's it. You can get this on YouTube and subscribe. That's it. The big button is subscribe. Notifications. Hit the thumbs up and ring the bell. That's it. See, (laughs) he's going to be doing this from now on. And uh, if you have any questions or anything, Jay Cindy at lifestagesadvisory.com. See you until next time. Bye.